0: Welcome back to another great episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown and I will be your host today. Since the launch of the podcast, I've been asked the exact same thing. Why do you do this podcast? And I say the exact same thing over and over. Today, we find ourselves often becoming keyboard warriors and have forgotten the lost art of the conversation. So this podcast is about talking to people in an intimate setting. So with that in mind, in 2019, I started this podcast to achieve one goal, get people talking again with no notes, no questions. I sit down with subjects to learn about them from them today's guest is no exception to that justice anders is a self-described curvy model justice talks about living in a rural community and being a model the drive to become a model and how some of her photos may seem risque but for her they empower her to love herself even more so with that in mind here is cross-border interviews featuring justice anders God. Well it's only eleven thirty at night. It's not like it's the worst thing that could happen.
1: Especially not at night. You know, it's fine. It's exactly.
0: Fine. It's at night in Calgary, come on. Hey,
1: there you go. So, you know, that's pretty popping for eleven thirty at night. <laughs>
0: exactly. Hey, Bite their ass.
1: Woo woo! Woo
0: Okay, I have dog hair. <laughs> How did I get dog hair Rob? <laughs> well, we've gone thirty seconds without talking about my dog's ass. So we're gonna pause here for a second. <laughs> Thank you for pausing, um, Justice. Thank you very much for doing this.
1: Hey, no worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, always, you know it.
0: <laughs> I well, when I talked to your mom, she was like, "You should do justice." Like, uh, yeah. And then Kelton was like, "What about me?" And I was like, "I will do Kelton as well." Let Let's just make it a family affair. Oh,
1: absolutely. Exactly. Didn't exactly. You had everybody. Exactly.
0: <laughs> that, that, it's 2020. I can exactly. say that, right? Yeah, exactly. If you hear it clicking on the floor, that's my dog walking to me right now. Um, so, Justice, um, usually the first question I usually ask everyone who comes on the podcast is, where does your sense of duty come from? But for you, it's a little different because mm-hmm. um, the reason I have you on the show is, um, and uh, I, you use this word uh, while we were driving back from Scotsman Hill tonight, um, curvy
1: yes. model? Yes.
0: Okay. So where does your sense of becoming a model come from?
1: Um it's actually to me one of the biggest things i ever wanted to do when i was younger was to be a model but because at the time you had to be like a size zero size two size four um to actually model i was always made fun of for it so i never actually did anything about it um it wasn't until like last year or the year before where i was like you know it would actually be something i would love to pursue and this is
0: 2018
1: or 2019 uh 2018 okay yeah and at this time it was the time when curvy models were actually starting to be a much more bigger hit so I'm like well then there's no reason why I couldn't try so at the time I had done it as a joke I had put my uh, application in to an agency just to kind of see what would happen or if anything would become of it and sure enough They had um, messaged me back and was wanting to set up an interview, and at the time, I was like, well, probably, I'm not going to, because, you know, then I have to take time off of work and do all this other stuff, right? But my mom, she was actually the one who was like, no, do it, because, you know, that way you can at least say, well, you've done something, you've checked, you can say you've checked it off of your bucket list. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so we did. We went there and, you know, a couple of days later, they said that they wanted me to join their, their network. Oh, wow. So, like, that quick? That quick, yeah. Actually, I was quite surprised that they emailed me back or anything about it, because the way they made it sound in the interview was, like, you know, I shouldn't hold my hopes up too, too high, but that they were definitely, like, looking for for curvier models, because they don't have a whole lot anymore, and... um, So, why do you think that is?
0: Because, like... (laughs) When you think of the modeling industry, and this is, this is coming, and this is why I wanted to chat with you about this, is when you think of the modeling industry, you don't typically think of a curvy woman. No. You think of someone who is, like you said, 5'9", size zero, yep. who, like, the TV show models, right? The yes. TV rock uh, runways, who you see walking on Fashion Week, and they are literally, and I'm, I'm not saying this in an offensive way, but this mm-hmm. is the only way that I can say it, is they're the size of a twig.
1: Yeah, exactly, right? Yep. They're,
0: they don't uh, portray a typical woman's size.
1: No, exactly. And that's the thing is the, the the more I've gotten into it, the more I realize how much they've relied so much on the girls who are like the twig sizes you know, they they're able to wear whatever, whenever, because that is the size that the designer has actually created and wanted to be have portrayed out to the to everybody when they do the fashion shows so to see a curvier model actually model it's different because you're not getting the generic sizes anymore you're actually like more in depth into having to create the actual sizes of actual people instead of you know your mannequins
0: do you remember the first plus size model because and, and correct me if i'm wrong here before we get into that question um uh, I've always heard the word, uh, the, the phrase "plus size model," mm-hmm. right? And you say "curvy model." Mm-hmm. What's the difference in your mind? And what would you like? Would you prefer to say "curvy model"?
1: Um, me personally. It doesn't really matter. I've heard both sides of the story as to, like, why it should be curvy model, why it's plus size model. Um, Everybody's always referred to it as plus size because, I mean, Marilyn Monroe was one of the more curvier models of her time. And yeah, even then she wasn't then, that, she, wasn't, she was like a
0: six, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. She was a six. So, but even then that was scandalous for her to even be considered as a model at all. Yeah. But she has been my inspiration. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. She was my inspiration. I loved Marilyn Monroe. She was my, you know, my whole, like my goddess and everything, but she had considered herself a curvy model because she had that curves. Yeah. And, you know, she wasn't plus size where, you know, like you're you're getting ranged up there to you know like your bigger models but I've had some women refer to themselves as plus size which I mean everybody is different if they want to refer to themselves as curvy or plus size it's entirely up to them I mean I've at times referred to myself as plus size it's just plus size is that you're plus size you're you're in the double digits
0: and is that what it is? is Is plus size double digits?
1: Essentially. Um, I actually had um, somebody from my agency tell me that they were specifically specifically looking for plus size models, and it was that from 10 on. Really? Yes.
0: So why do you think the rise, that, that you were seeing a rise in uh, curvy models?
1: Um, is it
0: because, and um, I, I say this with respect to the movement, but the Me Too movement, where mm-hmm. more women are... Talking out and saying, you know what, enough's enough. Yeah. And you know what, we don't all look like a size zero.
1: No, I and mean, that's exactly it. Because they can't rely on, on that anymore. And because the Me Too movement became so popular and so huge about it, that's when they started opening up the doors a little bit more for their, their curvier models. Because realistically, I think about it. If I tried to put in my application, like, maybe three or four years ago, I wouldn't have not... I would not have been considered because I'm considered a more curvier model than what they're used to.
0: So, you kind of got in on the cusp of it, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, do you remember... Um, because you, you don't just wake up one day and say I want to be a model, right? No. Because and you said this at the beginning. You said you always, what's the word? You always wanted to be a model, right? Yes. So what was the what was the moment? You say Marilyn Monroe was your idol. Yes. But was there a walkway that you're like, I'm, uh, that's my goal? I want to do that.
1: I've always watched the Victoria's Secret fashion shows runways and have been like, you know, I would love to be considered to do that kind of stuff because that's just so amazing and it's so empowering. And you know, to have somebody walk down who's like roughly around your size and you'd be like, if they can do it, so can I. For me, that was like kind of like my eye opener because I wanted to be a person like that to, you know, all of the other girls and women who are ever wanting to consider like following their dreams because like they look at somebody that they respect or that they admire and they're like, well, if she can do it, I should be able to do it as well.
0: Who's that for you?
1: I would probably say Iskra's for me. Who's that? Uh, she is a, um, a Instagram, um person who recently got signed on with airy and american eagle their, their brand line um and she's considered to be a plus size model but she's been modeling for so long but um with the me too movement and all of the different movements that have been going on lately um she's been um more into, you know, how accepting she is of her body as it is now instead of what they wanted her to be like three, four, five years ago. And she's just been absolutely amazing with, you know, all of her posts and everything the support uh, of wanting other women who are plus sizes to get into what they want to do in the industry because it's not necessarily... Ethical anymore to be considered just one size. So
0: we talked you just said you said on Instagram and it, it opens up a range of questions that I mm-hmm. now have. Um putting yourself out on Instagram, mm-hmm. especially in a model situation, and particularly in a situation where you're a curvy model,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the backlash will tend to follow you. Yes. Stop doing it. You look too big.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you stop that? How do you just turn that off? Um, because you must see what you must see all the other comments that the other curvy models get.
1: Oh, absolutely. So to,
0: to put yourself into that position and say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. How did you do it?
1: I pushed through. I've already had some um, people who have backlashed a specific um, uh photo shoot that I had done with a fellow model friend and we got actually uh uh, they were saying that we were culturally appropriating them because we were two white girls with a lean-to in the photo but because I had hashtagged it as a tp I was culturally culturally appropriating them because we are two white girls doing the photo, the photo shoot, right? So, I mean, I could see where they were coming from considering I had put the hashtags the way I did. But at the same time, like, it wasn't a traditional TP. So, um at first I was like really offended with myself because I thought maybe I actually was like I took overstepped it the boundaries I overste- a bit. yeah exactly that's what I thought Yeah. but after talking with like a few people and stuff like that they were all they all were like showing me and explaining to me that no I wasn't overstepping my bounds or anything like that so it's just like one of those things where everybody wants to complain about something and they want to like see you fail in one way or another so it's basically just kind of like making sure you know where you where you specifically want your boundaries to be, and not to overstep those boundaries, and know personally that you're not you're not doing anything wrong um, with the whole you know you should stop because you look so big. Well. If they have a problem with it, that's entirely on them. It's not on me because.
0: And I think that's what they're. And I say this in every single podcast, but <laughs> I, I keep on, I, I keep on harking at it. Social media has been the downfall of society. I find
1: absolutely.
0: Like I, you know what. Um, Facebook, Twitter, I think, are cesspools of negativity for some people.
1: Absolutely. You
0: will go on there and you will fight and you will bash. Mm -hmm. Instagram, though, it hasn't gotten into it yet that I've seen. Like, you you have seen it. Um, But in the general sense that overall... Pictures are good. People yes. like looking at pictures, yes. right? You don't usually give your opinion on Instagram, right? No. It's, hey, look, I feel good about this photo. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. So w- when you're doing your modeling, are you just doing Instagram? Because I do follow your Instagram. Uh, you're modeling Instagram, I think, for both of them. Yes. Um are you doing Twitter are you doing Facebook as well
1: well I haven't got so much into the Twitter but I've actually heard that uh, a lot of my fellow models that I like made friends with and built relationships with they do on every platform that they can find um, just because you know like everybody looks at different platforms for different reasons yeah. so they find success in other ways where other, other models might struggle and stuff like that so like after talking with them you know like it's good to branch out into others like other social media platforms Um, I specifically have only really done the Instagram and the Facebook, um, just because that's where a lot of my fan base is based on. Yeah. So, but Well, you I, go to
0: where your fans are, right?
1: Exactly. And, like, I haven't taken the time to, like, build anything on, like, a Twitter account or, you know, anywhere else.
0: Because this is a... It's not your full-time job. No. This is a part... Like, yes. sort of a uh, part-time job, and yes. it's something you're trying to get into, right? Mm-hmm. Because even when we were driving over here... Sorry guys, uh, it's 12:45, uh, and our dogs are. My dogs seem to be enjoying our conversation so much; they're fighting with each other. <laughs> they're like, Robin, stop. Okay, so we talked about this while we were driving over here, and I just want to get your opinion on it. Um, we live in a society where, like I said, the negativity is there, even for just not even just for plus size models, mm-hmm. for models in general. Yes. The society looks at models and say, "You're you're you're projecting an image that is unrealistic, even for a plus size or a curvy model. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make everyone look like you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that what you're trying to accomplish?
1: No. Um, with everything that I've done, I've been trying to do it in a way where I'm doing things that." Um people consider to be like light and you know fun and everything like that, but at the same time like it's building me it's building my character it's building everything that I've ever wanted to do ever since I was little but I'm trying to do it like step by step essentially right so it's it's um it's been really interesting that way because
0: do you do you find that? you are being treated as a person or as a commodity
1: a little bit of both um i get a lot of the the fans who like me for my body so they're very much like oh you know you need to love me and you know do this and that and oh you're my favorite because you look like this but at the same time, like I do get treated as if I'm still a person because they know that I'm not like everybody else. Um, we that we all look differently and that we all have our different um abilities that we bring to the table. So it really kinda just depends on the the person essentially. Um most of my fan base, they can treat me as more of a commodity than anything else. And I've been finding that more recently as I've been putting out a little bit more of what people would consider my more racier photos, which is like the Bordeaux shoots or the, the pinup shoots and stuff like that, that would show a little bit more skin than, um, like say maybe the high fashion shoots or the the lifestyle
0: shoots. So let's talk about that because Mm. that's, that's an area that, um, It seems to be more mainstream now. Yes. Uh, Boudoir photo shoots uh, seems to be the thing that everyone wants. Yes. So what made you decide to get into that? Because that is a potential, and this is me being me, and this is me being the inquisitive Chris right now, that could be a potential situation where you're putting yourself out there and people could look at that and stalk you. Yes. So you have to be seriously careful about Mm -hmm. putting photos like that out there. So when you did that, did you A, talk to your family about it, and B, when you did it, go, okay, I need to do this correctly and how is that, so I need to learn about it before I go into this field.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, so, because me personally, I come from a, um, a very... Um
0: You come from a very conservative family. Very
1: conservative family. Yes. That I
0: know your family, and I would say, (laughs) besides your mom and your father, they're they're conservative. They're
1: very conservative. So when I first mentioned to them that I was started modeling, they all kind of like looked at me as if I had grown a second head. (laughs) So that was always fine, and they said that you know I shouldn't keep my hopes up or anything like that because it wasn't going to last long and that it was just kind of a phase I was going through Um, so when I started getting into the bourgeois photos um, I have uh, a younger cousin who actually looks up to me unfortunately Uh, well (laughs) it's not really unfortunate (laughs) it's not really unfortunate it's just I have to be a lot more careful with what I post because she follows all of my, my social media pages right so um... I actually had gotten into an argument with my family about my second page because I post just my racier photos on there because I wanted to kind of keep them separated. Um,
0: These are some models who just don't care about it, right? Absolutely. And who will just put, like, everything out on one page.
1: Absolutely. Not that
0: there's anything wrong with
1: it? No, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I, I always support the girls that do because it takes a lot of courage for yes. them to post even remotely anything on there, right? Because you never know how people are going to react nowadays, right?
0: Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, it's not even how other people are going to react, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but it could affect your life for the rest of your life, Absolutely. right?
1: Absolutely. Like, if
0: you don't make it as a model, hypothetically, if mm-hmm. people find those, they they can come up and say, you know what? We're not going to hire you because of these photos.
1: Exactly. And I've had to actually like take that into consideration because I use my one Instagram page. Basically, as my portfolio so when I go and meet potential clients I give them that portfolio to look at so that they can see what I've like accomplished so far and that if I'd be willing like if I'm more in tune with their look that they're going for or anything like that so it's it's been really difficult trying to like maintain two pages but I found it very beneficial because this way there's no backlash on my conservative family. (laughs) Yeah. And then I have a little bit more free range with it um, that way, which is not too bad at all. I have actually though had my run-in with some stalker-like people (laughs) so it's made me open my eyes a little bit more so I've been very conscious about what I post because like I have to make sure that you know it's I'm like not showing um an awful lot of skin I've got to make sure that everything is all covered up and you know like stuff like that but I mean I've had quite the inventive people, even with my more modest-looking photos. So it's just like one of those things where it's kind of a hit or miss, and you really kind of just... You don't know your audience a whole lot, so you never know how they're going to react to a specific photo or anything like that. Do you find
0: there's a stigma even within the modeling community? Absolutely. Really?
1: Yes. How so? Um, we have had um, quite a few people where even photographers and models where it's been a huge thing um, where we have either um, like specific photographers don't want to deal with a specific model because Um, they're more curvier than they'd like because they're not the traditional model we've had where models are not comfortable with dealing with a photographer because um, there has been some backlash with them in the past Um, a big one actually has been uh, with model safety uh, well, because
0: that's the big thing, right? Because Absolutely. especially for the boudoir photos,
1: yes. you are
0: putting yourself out there and you have to trust that photographer.
1: Exactly. And that's the thing is a lot of the boudoir uh, photographers, but not even just boudoir photographers, it's literally all photographers in general. You have to feel comfortable with them because there have been situations where girls have been... Um, sexually assaulted, or anything like that. But then then they don't tell anybody. And so... Well, because it's
0: that whole Me Too movement, right? Exactly. Because if they tell someone, they could potentially lose their modeling
1: career. And see, recently, it hasn't even been just that. It's been... A huge, um, it's been a huge, like, uh, how can I put this nicely? It's been more of a tattletale circle. Uh, okay. Right? Where, you don't know...
0: Don't work with that person because they're bad, or don't work with this person because they're bad, but don't actually tell the people who are in charge who could affect the change that exactly. needs to happen. But yes. they network is more communicative than the actual people that you need to communicate to. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Wow. Yeah. So it's been very interesting. Um,
0: What about model to model? Because that's always because you you always hear about the cat fights on the runway. mm -hmm. You always hear about, oh, that person got the longer walk with the better clothes. Is that real?
1: Yes and no. Okay. Um... So there are still some models who are very much set in their ways with, you know, like, you know, they have to be the center of attention and um, they need to do this and that. And if they're not then it causes problems for everybody else involved. But a lot of the time, because we all try to look out for each other, uh, we all try to kind of keep tabs on each other and, like, be supportive of each other. Um, But we have actually... I've had a, a... couple situations where they there's been some cattiness between other models.
0: And is it cattiness or is it just reality? Because honestly, let's be truthful. <laughs> we live in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like I said, social media has been the downfall. Mm-hmm. And you look at social media feeds, the cattiness that people have between, between each other, mm-hmm. between people that they don't even know is so large, so bogged down in... I don't know why it's even needed, but... Is it just another outlet?
1: You know, in some ways I can see it as it being another outlet, but other times... It's just straight up cattiness. Okay. Yeah, like we have model to model bullying that we always are like looking out for. We've had a couple instances. I've actually had it where a couple of my other models refuse to work with another model because she's so rude with all the other models. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she refuses to work with you know curvy or plus size models because she's very thin and petite and she wants to look the best that she can possibly look in a photo which I mean at the same time I can understand but at the same time you know we're we're growing and we're a very changing industry sure we're still pretty cutthroat about the majority of things but there's just kind of like some things where it's kind of like an unwritten rule So
0: what's your, what's your perfect, what's your perfect scenario?
1: A perfect scenario (laughs) would be everybody got along. Um, Everybody is willing to kind of work. But at the same time, you have
0: to be cutthroat in some sense, right? Yeah. Because because it is this industry that is so uh, small. Yeah. And even, like you said, connected Mm -hmm. that... There's only a certain amount of pages in a magazine. Yes. There's only a certain amount of photos that can go on a website. Yes. So you have to be cutthroat in, you know what? I need to be better than X. I need to be better than Y. Yes. So while it's the perfect world, everyone will get along. Oh, yeah. How do you separate those two?
1: You know, sometimes it can be super difficult. But at the same time, you have to kind of just realize at the same time that because it is a very cutthroat industry you have to do certain things. Granted there's just some things that you shouldn't do like um, in the past it was huge for other models to actually um, sabotage other models progress so that they wouldn't do anything so they couldn't progress or anything like that. So it's like most models have kind of, like, band together, and it's an unwritten rule where we all try our best to make sure that, like, we're the one who's chosen for the part or the photo shoot or the runway or anything like that, but that if somebody else gets it, it's, we're more, oh, we're still supportive of them.
0: Yeah, upset, but you're still supportive yes. of their success.
1: Success, exactly.
0: Oh. Um You live in a small rural community uh, of about 6,800 people, Mm -hmm. Um, not the most uh, model, (laughs) model uh, (laughs) friendly slash hub of Alberta. Do you think that's hindering your ability to work?
1: Absolutely. Um, Because... Edmonton is not known as the fashion capital of the, you know, of the province or of the world or of Canada even. Um, we don't have a whole lot of job opportunities in Edmonton to further your modeling career at all. Um, actually, with my agency, <clears throat> um, if you're wanting any paid work, you have to travel to Edmonton or to, to Calgary. Sorry. Um if you can't, then you're, you're kind of out of luck. Um, a lot of the better-paying jobs, even though, are still in, like, Toronto or in British Columbia or, you know, like, any of the bigger cities where they're more populated. Um, I know right now Calgary is considered one of the, in Alberta even, is the considered the fashion capital of Alberta. Alberta. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: So... Do you try and get here as much as possible?
1: Uh I've I try. Um, at the same time, like I don't put in my portfolio in for like the the meager paying ones, like the fifty dollar or the hundred dollar, because realistically that doesn't pay my gas one way. Yeah. Right? And
0: then hotel and food.
1: Exactly, right? Yeah. So if I'm going to put my my portfolio in for something, it's going to be something for a little bit more substantial, which is like the uh, 30, the 300 to up, higher up kind of thing. Do
0: you not need to start there? Because as a a relatively new to the industry, right? Do you not need to start there? Do you try that in Edmonton?
1: I've tried it in Edmonton which has helped kind of further myself a little bit. Um, But as I'm coming to realize that I know I'm not going to get paid work at like a $300 level, I just kind of have to like know that if I can put my name in there I have to put my name in there because or else I'm not going to be well known for anything right I'm not getting out there at all that way which unfortunately like I know everybody has to start at the bottom and for for most modeling models that's the bottom you can't expect to kind of just jump up and skip a whole step.
0: No, and then that's completely... It's like any industry, right? Yeah, exactly. You can't just... You can't start from the top and work your way <laughs> down, down, right? No. Like <laughs> I, In a perfect world, we all be billionaires by now. Exactly. <laughs> so, you... What do you do to ensure that your portfolio is still being created, though? Because, like you said, you're not getting the potential jobs that you would want. Mm-hmm. And... In the modeling industry, things change on a rapid pace. Yes. Things are always changing, changing of outfits, changing of uh, clothing lines, changing of just uh, industry standards of how we do that. So how do you keep up with the trend as a uh, and I say this uh, in a respectful way and as an amateur model? Mm
1: -hmm. So how it works is a lot of the time to like help build your portfolio, because realistically, most uh, agencies or potential clients won't look at you unless you have at least uh, 15 to 20 photos in your portfolio. Um, so, a lot of the time, um, most people do what's called trade for print. So, where we trade each other's time for the photos, so that way they have the photographer has some photos to put in their portfolio, I have some photos to put in my portfolio, and we kind of like work towards that common goal. Uh, That's actually been pretty huge. They have groups on Facebook now and on Instagram and stuff um, to like help build your portfolio. So a lot of the time they'll put the specifics of what a photographer is looking for. And then if you meet those requirements, you kind of just put in what you're using as your portfolio standard. And then if you guys, you know, agree to meet and collaborate, then that's you know, how potentially how people continue working to build their portfolio without having to be able to fork f-
0: over forty, fifty thousand exactly. dollars, right? Exactly. So do you find that there's that connection up in rural communities?
1: Um yes and no. Uh I don't see a lot of it where I am and I have been in Slave Lake for a while. Um they have a few photographers there but because they're more well known in your smaller community they charge a price that they don't really want to uh change which not to say blame them because it's taking them time and uh, you know all this effort to put in to build to where they are right now so once in a rural town it's a lot harder to do a lot of the trade for prints than it is in Edmonton. Yeah. So whenever I have like a spare weekend available or anything like that, I usually travel to Edmonton for said shoots or, you know, like if the in- photographer's within a reasonable price, I'll pay the fee.
0: Do you, do you
1: get a lot out of that? Um, actually I have, um, my agency was wanting me to do like so many photo shoots within a year. Um, but they are also wanting me to pay for a majority of them so that the agency themselves get the, get, gets the money. But at the same time, not everybody can afford to fork out like four, $600, $900 at, at any given time without a whole lot of notice. Yes. So the trade for print still gives me the ability to add to my portfolio and get me out there and try working with several different photographers while still achieving the same goal as if he were paying for a shoot.
0: And how often do you do that?
1: Um, Usually if I can find a photographer who's willing to shoot with me, um, I'm usually able to do it two three weekends out of a month um there was actually a couple times where i had the majority of the month full with with photo shoots wow Mm -hmm. so at any time i was getting like seven to eight different um prints back so that way I'm like adding to my Instagram portfolio and everything like that and majority of the photos I was actually able to take to my agency and get them to add it to my portfolio as well Oh,
0: that's awesome Mm -hmm. so there's many different avenues a model can take there can either be print uh, commercial Mm -hmm. or runway
1: Mm
0: -hmm. which one do you prefer
1: Um, I'm working actually to international modeling okay um I would like my dream is to be able to model anywhere in the world and to do all sorts of different runways um, and just kind of, you know, do do it all. Um, it's been my, my goal because like I love watching like Project Runway and you know all the all the little different ones that they always had showing on TV and the different f- uh, fashion shows and stuff that they do like Project you know Milan's uh, runway and everything like that I loved watching those as a kid and so that's realistically my end goal with all of this is I would love to be able to walk down the Milan's runway. So how do you how, how, do, how do we
0: we start that? How do we start that? So, like I said, you can't start from the top down. No. If you did, we'd all be billionaires. Oh, absolutely. So, how do we start that?
1: Um, so...
0: So, what's your first step that you're doing to make sure that happens?
1: To continue building my portfolio. Um, no international agency will look at you unless you have, uh, I'd like to say at least 15 prints. Really? And that's publication prints.
0: So, Actual published in magazines.
1: Yes. Okay. So working towards that but um, I still need the experience with like the different posing and stuff like that because they would like most photographers want you to be able to effortlessly um, flow between one pose to another to another and facial expressions and you know hand gestures and everything like that it has to all be flawless and continuous so that way they can catch you in the middle of a specific pose that they're looking for or you know like create the magic you know that kind of stuff So it's kind of, it's a slow process, but it also depends on your determination to get there. Um, I've known models who have only been at it for six months and already have like um, international placements. And I've had some where I had a couple of model friends who've been at it for like four or five years. And it's more of a hobby to them than anything else.
0: I'm going to ask this question. I mean it with all due respect. When do you say enough's enough? Because everyone can chase a dream, right? Oh, absolutely. But... You can put it in a million hours, and like you said, people you know who have been doing it for five years and still are now doing it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll ever come to that point, or are you at the point right now? You're like, screw you, Chris. <laughs> Stop <laughs> fucking talking like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work the way. I, I'm, it's gonna happen.
1: I'm determined to make it happen. Good for you. But that's just me. So I'm like putting everything that i can into it and to me enough is like enough is never enough kind of thing um i feel such a sense of empowerment when i'm in a photo shoot uh when i'm doing a runway or anything like that it's just it's such an amazing experience that i don't know anybody who would ever want to give it up and if they do i'm like why
0: why would you do that
1: it's been just the most amazing experience ever and I don't ever want to give up that feeling because it's it's been just absolutely incredible.
0: So you say it's incredible, but describe the feeling like when you're on that runway. What's going through your head?
1: Um. Well, quite a different, quite a few different things. Um, first. You obviously have, you know, the onstage jitters. we like, what am I doing up here? Um, how am I doing this? Like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to fall off of this stage right now. Um, <laughs> the ultimate this, no-no of any modeling catwalk. Oh, man, it's it's awful. It's like my number one fear is that I'm just going to Fall off that stage, considering like normally I never walk in like six inch stiletto heels and strut my stuff. Daily. And
0: yet she came to our house today <laughs> in six inch stiletto heels. So don't let her say that without getting away with it, okay?
1: Um, but at the same time, like when you're on that runway strutting your stuff, you're like, oh my goodness, like I feel so invincible. I'm so like this is such a powerful experience that you want everybody to just feel that yeah. and you know like it's all about your your posing and everything like that like those few minutes at the end of the runway when you're getting your photos taken, you're like you gotta make it as memorable as possible so that anybody who like sees it or views it or is looking at it just, you know, has that sense of holy crap, like this is amazing, like she did absolutely fantastic, she achieved the goal that we were wanting her to achieve while she's on that runway. Yeah. And, you know, like coming back in and you're like, you have the you know, relief of at least I'm finished for right now, but then you until have the to like, change until the next change, yeah. which has been ultimately quite quite a time actually. <laughs> oh man. I was I got the the privilege of walking for Western Canada Fashion Week. Oh wow. Yes. So it was the most amazing experience because it's one of the more difficult the more difficult um, ones to get into, same as Fashion Fest, because they look for a specific size um, because they have a lot of international designers who come in specifically for, for these fashion shows, right? Um, I had the privilege of walking for uh, Cherry Chick Designs. She's a Calgary-based um, design uh, designer here. And... Her designs are absolutely fantastic. She bases them for all sizes, but at this specific one, she was looking for more curvier models, and at the time, she only had a f- like a handful. So we got like a few different different uh changes out of it which was amazing because the other ones that i have it was like one or two outfits and that was it this one i had three. Oh wow <laughs> so it was like super amazing to be able to like show off all of her clothes right and is had you heard of her beforehand i hadn't actually this okay. was the first time i had heard of her and everything like that and she uh just has like this little place that she does out of her out of here in Calgary and stuff like that and works on it and then has a, a part time uh, store open and it's just like the cutest little thing ever and all of her designs are absolutely flawless wow. I loved watching so for becoming her. So you a
0: fan of hers. Oh
1: absolutely I would love wearing her clothes all day <laughs> every day and um, one of the outfits we couldn't find one of my shirts I had to change in So I literally walked out with the jeans that she had made and a blazer she had made. We buttoned the blazer up and she's like, can you go out like this? Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, you have your endorphins running, you're feeling so high on life right now. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then after I got off the stage, I'm like, oh my god, did I just do that? Like, I literally (laughs) walked out with a room full of people and photographers in just a blazer and jeans. Like, what did I do?
0: But it gives you self-confidence though, right?
1: Exactly. And
0: has that translated into your day-to-day life?
1: Absolutely. Um before I started modeling, I had I didn't have very good self-esteem or anything like that. So as I've been working on my modeling journey, I have built my self-confidence and it has definitely um seeps through my daily life like my outfit changes that I like I wear daily they've been different um the way I walk myself um has just been different I like walk more with my you know my back forward you know I'm like kind of just strutting through life now Is like yeah. as if life in general is my runway rather than Aww. just the actual runway so it's definitely been an eye opener being here and doing this journey and it's been so amazing
0: so looking back on it over the last two years because you've been doing it for that long do you regret anything
1: Um, there has actually been like a couple of opportunities that I personally could have had, um, to do a couple of paid jobs, but because I was so nervous that I wouldn't be chosen because I am a curvier model and that I am this and I'm that I never put my name in to have my portfolio sent to the potential client. Um, that would probably be what I regret the most. Because I have let the fear of striking out actually keep me from attempting to even try. So that's been. So. I've been meaning to
0: ask and uh, like I was just going to start wrapping it up, but I've been meaning to ask. you, You have tattoos.
1: Yes. Is that a hindrance? It can be. Um, I've actually had a couple of designers who told me straight up no, that they wouldn't work with me during a runway because of my tattoos. I have so many of them that um, I'm can cons- I can be con- I could be considered more of an inked model rather than just a regular model. And really, you
0: don't have that many because when you I think of an inked model, I think of someone like who's head like to toe. sleeves and yeah. like head to toe with tattoos, right? Mm-hmm. So that just seems very ironic, but...
1: Right? And see, again, it's like, it's the divide. Um, They still have, a lot of people still have their general expectancy of what the model should be like, um, what she should be wearing and how she needs to be portrayed. So as soon as you start like dabbling with your tattoos and your piercings and stuff like that, where before it wasn't considered as me mainstream as it is now most people still treat it as if it's like you're 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 more of the deviant uh, model rather than the regular model who doesn't have any piercings or tattoos or has like maybe one or two and that's it oh.
0: mm-hmm. so would you ever get more tattoos?
1: yes absolutely oh, really? yeah because I mean realistically I have like 18 tattoos now, so if somebody's going to work with me, they're going to work with me whether I have 18 or 24.
0: And ones who aren't aren't going to work. With you anyway. Yeah. Wow. So, looking to the future, we've talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to ask this question: Ooh, See yourself in a year. What are you doing?
1: Well, I'm definitely hoping I'm doing. Do you whatever. have your 15? Hopefully. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to be able to progress more and to do more of what I regrettably never did before. And I'm hoping to be able to reach further than I have lately. Um, I've had it where, like I said, I never did um Put my portfolio in because I was too scared. Too scared. To get rejected where that's more of like a personal problem than anything else. So a
0: year time you think you won't care? No. Screw it. Absolutely. I I, I can get that one.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, it's more like it's the kind of job where you're like, well, if I don't get this one, I'm going to get the next one. It's fine. You can't hold too much salt on it. Yeah. Or else you're just going to end up bitter about it. It.
0: <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> Your time. Are you still doing the boudoir photos?
1: I might be doing less of it Um, just because, I mean, yes, right now it is the fab, you know, like a lot of... There uh, might be a
0: new fab in 10 years or a year or two weeks from now. Two weeks
1: from now, even. And, I mean, most models, when they're first starting out, I know this is really bad to say, but I personally have been doing it to gain um, more platform, like more more likes, more um, fans, more followers, that kind of thing. Um, so I've done a few more to, like, kind of help with that. But at the same time, I don't want to be just doing straight-up boudoir forever. Um, there are
0: people out there who get that, right? Exactly. Who, who are just boudoir, boudoir. photos.
1: Yes, which, I mean, kudos to them because, you know, that's fabulous and the way that most people do it nowadays it's like so tasteful and everything like that and it's just so amazing how it looks but at the same time like I said I want to go more towards um, runway the runway the international modeling so I myself need to do more of the high fashion photo shoots. So where I'm like modeling off different clothes or bags or watches and, you know, doing some more of the lifestyle kind of photo shoots and stuff like that. So I'm hoping to actually like back away from the bourgeois but still do it because it's just, it's also an amazing feeling, but in a different way. Like you feel empowered. You feel self-confident. You feel very, uh, womanly, I guess, with with a lot of. The poses and you know the the outfits you have like you're you feel feminine you feel sexy and you feel wanted and you know the self-empowerment that you get from it it's like a different kind of you know um self-esteem booster than with the regular like runway and uh lifestyle photo shoots where it's more of like wow I can't believe I would managed to pull off this you know particular pose because you know a lot of the time, with photographers, they're like the more uncomfortable to pose, the better it'll look.
0: Of course, it will.
1: Right, and it.
0: So that's why we put you in like twelve-inch heels, so you that know, way you're, way you're like leaning
1: back uh, like seven inches with your hands in the air and one leg off the ground, like
0: exactly reaching for that apple, apple. that you're not going to eat because it's too many calories.
1: Oh, absolutely, <laughs> and um.
0: It's a weird question, <laughs> but what the fuck, What the hell? Do you, have you in high school? Were you bullied? Yes. Have you seen any of those bull, those kids who bullied you and you just because you have that confidence now and say, you know what? You made my life a living hell. But thank you because now I'm on the other side and I'm a lot more happier because I'm more confident and I'm doing what I'm that I'm doing something that makes me happy.
1: Actually, I have. Good for you. I have. And, you know, it was one of the most satisfying feelings that I ever had because I actually met one of the the girls who had bullied me the most when I was in high school. Uh-oh. And to kind of see it, because she came during, like, my work day, like, with my actual full-time job kind of thing, and to see the tables reversed. And to see her, you know, not doing so well and, you know, like with her self-esteem the way it is and everything. And I was, I was just able to like be able to say to myself, I'm like, I'm in a better position than I was in high school. And I have the self, like the self-confidence, self-esteem to be able to carry on with my life and to continue doing what I love. And to me, that was the most satisfactory moment I could have ever had in my whole life. Wow.
0: Your family supports you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Your mom, your dad, your brother support you in this. Your extended family, uh, let's say that. (laughs) Have your friends been accepting?
1: Most of them.
0: Because, yet again, northern Alberta, conservative country. Yes. So this this is something that's a little bit more racy. But now that you have that... Stature, that attitude that, you know, the no care attitude, Mm -hmm. not the no care, but the sort of uh, dedication to do this. Mm -hmm. Do you care what other people think now?
1: Not really. I know when I first started, I cared very much with what everybody expected of me when I first started. And, you know, like all the etiquette that I had to maintain and the types of photos I had to have in my portfolio and everything like that and you know like as I've been you know doing everything and gaining my own perspective of myself in the industry and you know like my wants my needs and stuff I've been kind of like throwing a big huge screw you to the world kind of thing because it's like you know I've realized it doesn't matter what people think because they're going to have an opinion of me whether I like it or not yeah So why should I care? And the
0: fact that they're taking time out of their day to think about you.
1: Exactly. It
0: means that you're doing something right.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Justice, thank you very much for this.
1: No, thank you.
0: You are, uh, I usually wrap up with an exit, but I I just want to say, like, I've never met someone more determined to do what they're going to do in their life than I have tonight. (laughs) You are, like... You, you will make it.
1: Well, thank you. That is that is the goal here. You know, that's my end goal. So I'm very determined. <laughs> I will I'm be
0: behind <laughs> you 120% there, Justice. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for doing this. No, so thank you. And once again thank you to our guests for coming in and sitting down today it was greatly appreciated as i've said in the introduction this podcast is about having a conversation i learned a lot in this interview and i really hope you did too this podcast couldn't have happened without our listeners from here in alberta to across canada and around the world i want to take this moment and thank everyone for listening to this podcast If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. The links are in the show notes. Or visit our website at www.crossborderinterviews.ca. We will be back here next Saturday with another great episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. This podcast is produced and owned by Miranda Brown and Associates. I'm your host, Christopher Brown. Once again, have a safe and hopefully talkative week.